Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Human Engineers, written by the Tubi. I first encountered a so-called human at the height of the Three Nations War. And I tell you, this species should be respected. Back then, the collective was losing on each side, and command did what it could to bring one military breakthrough that would win us the war. This meaning that species other than mine were allowed to take part in the scientific and engineering projects. I mean, I know that we are the most intelligent ones out here, but there are some uh, special kind of intelligences that these humans possess. Anyways, since most other species had mostly given up on engineering and science since our species did all the work for them, they were only a few of the other species that had, and even fewer that had sent to assist us. These selfish jerks wanted to keep them to themselves. The only species that sent a decent workforce were the humans. At that time, they had just joined the collective. When I first saw one, I didn't know whether to smile or cry. These people were giants. Their scientists made some of the biggest warrior species look tiny. But I wondered how smart the scientists and engineers from a warrior species could be. As it turns out... They were no warrior species, and it was their engineers that won us the war in the end. Sad that nobody respects them for it. Now the first thing the humans did was present the blueprints to a dreadnought. The usual one we had, but simplified one. It looked as if they had saved material wherever they could, and every part had held exactly how much it was supposed to hold out. There were no decorations, no luxuries, no fancy restaurants... I still laugh at the thought that we used to have restaurants on battleships. What this human presented me was a design only for combat, and nothing else. At first, I shrugged it off. But one statement from the human lead engineer made me change my mind. He said, Why build a ship for a thousand years when it's going to be shut down in after two hours? I allowed him to continue his work, and his team never ceased to amaze me. Their next design came with another improvement. They had moved all the crew quarters to the outer sides of the ship, and all the control systems and the bridge moved to the ship's core. All wires and fuel tanks were enforced, and the ship featured escape pods for twice the crew that it was supposed to hold. When I asked him about the bridge, he said, It's so that the ship can still fight even if half of it is destroyed. When I asked about the escape pods, he said, A good crew is worth a lot more than a good ship. I've omitted the construction of the prototype, expecting it in three weeks' time. But the humans surprised me again. The design of the ship, something I had missed out upon myself, was so simple that each part was cut out and welded into place. The three weeks turned into three days, and the ship was promptly sent to a field test. Real combat, we couldn't afford to waste fuel to test runs, and the ships returned heavily damaged. 
Its outer hull was completely shred to pieces, what would have been certain death to everyone on board. But not only were some still alive, no, the ship brought every single crew member back unharmed. And not only that, but the ship had also shot down three enemy frigates by itself. And that with a captain that just got out of the academy. He had a higher kill score than some of the most decorated veterans. The council permitted the construction of more ships, and even the prototype was promptly repaired and ready for combat. In the time we would have needed for one of our old dreadnoughts, the humans managed to build 60. Soon, we had space superiority. The next project the humans took on was landing modules for fighting Planetside, and again, they completely reworked the design. Out of fancy winged rockets and multiple anti-AA weapons mounted on them, they made a ball of solid steel. Well, not exactly, but the whole thing was just meant to bring troops to the ground unharmed and as fast as possible. No expensive anti-AAs, no propelling systems. The chief engineer said, uh, If these things are going to get shut down anyways, just frick everything about them, get the crew to the ground unharmed, and our work is done. This time, the council skipped the test runs and used the modules in Firesmuff 6. We had to airlift each of them back onto board of our ships, but not a single one of them had been shot down. To the council, it was a fair price, and they spared even more resources to our team, mainly to the humans. Soon, they had improved our weaponry, first aid, and food and water distribution. And finally, the war was won. The human chief engineer explained that they knew all this because their species had fought wars ever since it evolved, for thousands of years longer than the collective had existed. But, um, all I can think of after all of this is still, why did I never think of all of this? End of story. Story number two, a collection of emails from Kenny to a new intern at Earth Armored Defense Initiative, written by Semi Loki. To all at EADI.org, from Kenny. Subject, hello everyone. Hi everyone, my name is Kenny. I was just brought on with the company and I'm looking forward to working here. I know that defending the Earth from interstellar monsters is a big job and I'm so pleased to be a part of it. To all at EADI.org, from Kenny. Subject, kids are adorable. Just had to share this with everyone. My first job here at EADI, I was asked to sort through your public inbox. Man, you guys get a lot of spam. I think Gregor must be on every granny porn spam bot list in existence. Anyways, that's not why I'm writing. Did you know that schools actually have been sending messages to you? It's true. Here's a real cute one from Tommy from Peoria. He's a first grader. Dear EADI, I love you guys. You're the coolest. Every Saturday I watch highlight reels of your monster battles. Here's my question. You guys always start the battles as five separate robots, only to combine them into one giant robot at the end of the battle to defeat the monster. Wouldn't it be easier just to make one big robot that needs five pilots rather than having five different machines together? Keeping cool, gang. Aren't kids so adorable? To all at EADI, Rom Kenny. Subject, Dr. Marvelo. Look, guys, I know I'm new here and everything, and I far be it for me to question the way things are done around here. 
But has anyone else noticed that Dr. Brightstar's assistant's a little weird? I've caught Dr. Marlowe cackling in the break room. Actually, cackling. He's also always trying to point out how we can use a robot warthogs for world domination. Does anyone else think that Dr. Marlowe might actually be, you know, evil? 2. Marvelo at EADI.org From Kenny Subject Oops, totally forgot that you were part of the distribution list. Could you ignore the last email? Thanks. To all at EADI From Kenny Subject Kitchen Duty Hey gang, first of all, congratulations on defeating the giant space paramecium. I thought for sure you guys were goners. Good thing Hank and you combined to form the Megazoid. Right? Anyways, just letting you know that I'm cleaning out the office fridge tonight, so anything that is not labeled is getting tossed. Be sure to mark your leftovers clearly, or they're gone. <laughs> oh, just one more thing. The paramecium goo really fouled up the intake vents on the green warthog. I'm going to try and clear it out with a power washer tonight. But you guys really need to be more careful. I watched the footage. Why did you try and knee the paramecium in the crotch? Anyways, mark your food. To all at EADI.org. From Kenny. Subject. I told you. See? See, I told you he was evil. Seriously. How did he manage to build five giant salamander robots with no one noticing? Good luck, gang. To all at EADI.org. From Kenny. Subject. Lasers. Hey, gang. Think I found a bit of an irregularity here. I was looking over the footage from when you took on the Semelatron and noticed something a bit odd. Did anyone else notice that just before you combined to the Megahogzoid that the lasers didn't seem to do much good? I watched it six times just to be sure, but even though some of those lasers were fired at point-blank range, they didn't seem to do a bit of damage to the robot salamanders. I mean... I can understand why the 600-foot-long mutant centipede might be able to shake that off, but these are just robots made from regular earthly materials. As much as I like seeing you guys swing the hyper-katana, I started to wonder. Anyways, when I looked up the blueprints, it seems that your lasers are all powered by flashlight batteries. Is that correct? Shouldn't the weapons that operate at a distance have a bit more... Well, oomph... Maybe we should try actual weapons that we can fire remotely and save a hand-to-hand combat stuff for more polite battles. To all at edi.org, Rom Candy. Subject, school board. Uh, we just received a rather threatening letter from the high school board regarding Ethan, the boy wonder pilot in the Red Warthog. Were you guys aware that he missed 149 days of school this year? Maybe we should find a new pilot for the right arm of the Mega Hogzoid until his 18th birthday. Just a suggestion. To Brightstar at EDI.org from Kenny. Subject, my car. Dr. Brightstar, look, I'm all in favor of saving the human race and yeah, I'll pitch in for an emergency comes up if I can. That said, I would appreciate it if you would at least ask before taking my property. Although the Vortex missile did end up saving the day, did you have to use my mom's Honda Civic to make it? I mean, really. She was still making payments on that thing, and insurance won't cover a giant space bullfrog-related damage. Believe me, I've been on the phone with my insurance agent all day. I mean, it was just terrorizing Cleveland. Couldn't we have just waited a few extra minutes to shop around for a car that someone wouldn't miss? 
From now on, please ask before using my stuff, unless it is absolutely vital and the city is under attack and is one the world might actually miss. Also, is it possible to get a reimbursement form? To all at EADI.org. From Kenny. Subject, Dr. Marvler. Okay, guys, I think I've figured out how Dr. Marvler always seemed to be one step ahead of us and seemed to know what we were planning. From now on, whenever someone is fired or quits the company, we need to submit an IT ticket immediately to have their email deactivated. We've deactivated his account now, but we need to be more careful about this in the future. To Nigel at EADI.org From Kenny, subject, Yellow Warthog. Hey, Nigel, bad news. The paint Marvelo used to paint a giant schlong on your warthog doesn't seem to be coming off. Maybe if you guys didn't announce every time exactly what position each person is supposed to hook up into, he wouldn't have had the time to spray paint that one there. I mean, you've all been doing this for a while. Is it really necessary to mention who is in the arm or leg? Anyways, I'm going to go down to the Home Depot and see if I can get them to match the paint color. We'll try painting over it, and hopefully no one will see the schlong when we do the photo op tomorrow. To all at EADI.org. From Kenny. Subject, coffee. Hi, gang. Big favor to ask, uh, as most of you are aware. I've been having to take the bus into work ever since my car was turned into a missile, but that's all water under the bridge. Ever since the Mega Hogzoid battled the Turbo Tortoise, here in the city limits, the city has affected a 16-block containment zone around the compound to keep out more city vehicles from being crushed or turned into improvised clubs like you did with the elevator train. My point is that the nearest bus stop is over a mile away. I have to wake up at 4am to take two transfers so that I can come in time and walk here from the bus stop and make it in time for my shift. So please, when you finish the pot of coffee, you please be kind to start a new one. That stuff is all that is keeping me going. Thanks. To all at EADI.org. From Kenny, subject Xlax in coffee. Not funny, guys. To all at EADI.org. From Kenny, subject, we'll call that a wash. Once the excitement dies down, I think history will focus on the fact that you guys saved the Earth as well as saving the lives of those astronauts. However, in the short term, the press seemed to be making a bit of a stink about the fact that the astronauts were only in danger because you tried to beat the infra-app over the head with the space station. I'm not sure how you thought that was going to play out, but I'm pretty sure that the governor has figured out that we're ignoring his calls. To all at EADI.org. From Kenny. Subject, goodbye. Well, my internship is over, and I have to say that it has been a thrill working for you. But don't feel bad for me. I already have a new job lined up. A paying one with a great benefits package, too. Starting tomorrow, I go work for Marvelo Inc. Looking forward to planning world domination with the Robo Salamanders. Thanks for the incredible opportunity, and don't forget to submit an IT ticket to have my email deactivated once I'm gone. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with but the easiest way would be to share this video 
And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.